And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. <laughs> the Punk McCarthy. This is true. Yes. It has changed over, and I am now the Punk. My man is back from riding camels and quads. Yeah. In the deserts of Saudi Arabia, he's got some sleep. You feeling a little bit better, my uh, man? I feel a lot better. My fat lip is kind of going down because it got swollen a little bit more on the plane. Things kind of puff uh, up when you're on the plane, right? Like your labia. Not much puffs up with you anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> that sounds like a personal problem, my friend. Woo, man. I heard they have these little blue pills sometimes that you can buy and they'll make it puff have up you, for you. Have you tried call. those? Have you tried those? No, I haven't. But you know what? Come on, no, baby. You I never tried have. them. I never have. But don't. don't yeah. Look, I'm not opposed to using them when the time comes. <laughs> when I need them, I will be I will be on board with them. When you need but them, but right I now is not the is not the time. I've still I've still got a pretty good drive. <laughs> <laughs> it's still there, you know. Hey, that's a that's a concern for guys at my age. For I'll be 46 this year. Tell me about it, man. <laughs> guys at your age, I'm being on on my grandson's life. Never don't have that problem. But I know a lot of guys that do. No. So if that's what you need. Do it. Okay. I mean, we, we've done you know we've done a couple advertisements for uh, some old uh, some old dick pills. Yeah, Blue, uh, Blue Chew. Chew. Blue Chew was one of them, yeah. I believe. Yeah, they were. You know, uh, I didn't, I didn't get to. I didn't. They didn't send me. They one never gave any free samples. I know. I was like, well, how am I supposed to talk? I'm about a little disappointed it? by that. Just... They said no. It's pharmaceutical. You can't just have free samples. Like, mm, no, they, yeah, I could. What happened to my? Head? I'm just not. <laughs> I guess I'm not speaking from experience then. So that was kind of the thing. There you go. All right. But, uh, you know, you know, what's funny is I think one of the things that, um, that kind of helped early in my career though, was, um, was not with that was a lot of working out. I feel like the more you worked out, I feel like the better your, your, uh, your, your, your drive was for that. I feel like it just keeps you healthy. It does keep you healthy. It's good for you. It gives you more blood flow to that area. I don't know. Maybe you get all cramped up there. Nah, but you know what? That's another reason. You talking about cramping up. I've been doing this, uh, this element stuff. It's like a liquid drink you or like a liquid powder yeah. you put in your drinks. It's pretty good, man. And I, it's funny because I used to take, uh, I used to go on runs early in the morning and I would run probably anywhere between say three to five miles every, you know, every other morning or every morning. Um, and I would start, and my career kind of started doing this a little bit. And it was because my training was doing that. And because I wasn't salt loading in the morning, I didn't know about salt loading in the morning. And then I started salt loading and it made a That's huge because difference. Everyone tells you salt's bad yeah. for you and you get all these things back and forth and it's not, it's, it's an element that your body has to have. Very, but. very good choice of words there. An element. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, but it's pretty cool, man. Like there's these little packets. Like I was actually about to take one now because I just got back, but there's like these little packets that come with different flavors. So it's this, so this one here is the raspberry. So I've been using these. Um, and then I know we talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show and, uh, it was, it works out. I mean, I was using like Celtic sea salt and Himalayan salt before when I was training, uh, just cause I, you know, I didn't know about things like this and then liquid IVs and companies like that came out, but element actually has like the better flavors and the better, you know, uh, I just felt like it's a little bit different and better. So I can also, I like, they have a chocolate one that goes into my coffee. That also That's what I like the chocolate one. Dude, you can you can make it it's you can make it hot it's a hot drink and you can do like the orange or the raspberry yeah. it's cold drinks those are nice those are nice uh check yeah, them out though if you guys can so it's element you yeah. guys um and you just put them in a, in a liter of water and just mix it up and drink it on your own go ahead and check it out all right let's get into the ufc it has a fight at the apex what what number is this there dave do you have a number on it <laughs> this is ufc vegas 87 ufc vegas 87 um you know how much longer are we going to be doing these Apex things, John? Forever. Really? Yeah. doesn't cost them any money. You got to figure that's an easy. They've got so many shows that they have to put out for ESPN under their contract that look at traveling is not easy. Yeah. You know that. I know that. They know that. Yeah. And so all the people that are there, it's, it's those moments when they can take back-to-back -back shows. Yeah. You know? And do them at the apex. They don't have to. Yeah. There's no travel involved. All the people are there. They have. It's an in-house. You know, it's like opening up a box with the tool that you need, and boom, it's there. So, I don't see this ever changing. Now, the one thing that they do lose out of it is they lose revenue as far as ticket sales and things like that that they'd get if they went somewhere because they're going to sell a ton of tickets. Mm -hmm. But you know, in the end, it works for them. 
That's a good thing. You know, this is what's funny is like this is basically a uh, a real estate play. They bought the property, they bought the building, and now they can just host whatever they want in there. And it makes perfect sense. They had, I believe, this was connected to like the Ultimate Fighter house, not the house, but the actual training facility, the Apex. No, the Apex is like on Jones Boulevard mm-hmm. off of in Vegas, right off the two fifteen. Yep. If you're on the two fifteen, you'll see the UFC offices as you drive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, they had, and they when they first put it, they did the offices and they did the uh, PI, did the Performance Institute with it. And it's you know, a beautiful facility. And then they decided, ah, you know what? We need to have our own place that we could do shows and things because they had the Ultimate Fighter. And the Ultimate Fighter was done. They There was a, um, and it's not really a strip, but, a, you know, not a strip mall, but a, an area off by uh, the Palms Hotel that they basically took over the entire structure and, mm-hmm the all the buildings they rented them out and they were paying you know a rent on all those buildings and that they filmed the ultimate fighter at and all those things and it just this made sense this way they could do the ultimate fighter they could do it right there they could film it there everything was in place and so they put it together that's what happens when you are making money you can spend money and they spend some money well, I mean, like when you when everything is in one location, it just makes a big difference on the, not having to shuttle people around. People don't understand how expensive it can be to get buses or vans or whatever to shuttle everyone around on a daily basis. Yep. I mean, whether you're renting them or whether you own them, the gas, whatever it is, back and forth, how many times you go back and forth. There's a lot of expenses. Now everyone's going to go, oh, well, they're a multi-million dollar company or a billion dollar company. That's not the point. The point well, company's into losing money. Yeah. I mean, like you look at guys, whether it's Bill Gates, Zuckerberg, Elon. They're not wearing fucking Gucci and Prada. Like they're wearing just normal, regular clothes. And, and just because they got rich being conservative with their money, not being idiots. And so with the UFC doing very stuff that's very similar, just look, whatever our, our expenses are, we can try to consolidate them and keep them as low as we possibly can when it comes to doing things like this. The real, the real question when you look at it is, I think that an, an atmosphere like the Apex is good for young up-and-coming fighters that you know the pressure of the crowd and stuff sometimes gets to them there's some that feed off of it and and do better with the crowds but we always talk about you know that fighter that is you know just unbelievable in the gym and then you put them under the lights and they tend to freeze up a little bit things now you're still under the lights there but you don't have the aspect of the crowd stuff. so for some young fighters it's a good thing for some fighters i look and i go they're losing a lot of who they are based upon you know, there's no real energy yeah. at the apex. There's no real energy with as far as, you know, the crowd or anything like that. It's just not there. You've got to have that, you know, own personal thing about, you know, how you like to, you know, get yourself hyped up and guys do, but you know, there's not, a, it's, it's not the same atmosphere. You know, the atmosphere when you go to a show and it's, you know, 10,000, 15,000, it's electric. Yeah. Oh, yeah I agree. I agree with you hundred percent. Um, yeah, there's something about the crowd noise, the energy you feel as you can see the arena filling up, especially if you're in the back and you're like one of the co-main events or the main event and you take a walk out there, like right before the main card starts, you just feel that energy and people see you and they just love it. And they're like, Hey, Hey, they're cheering. Like it's a different vibe, a different feeling. Yep. Yep. Um, I don't know. I would be a lot worse for me, I think, to fight in an arena that made no noise. Yeah, it would for you. Yeah. Because again, that's what I'm saying. You came up and it was part of you had to get used to performing in front of the crowd. Yeah. Now, sometimes that crowd when you first started was, you know, 150 people. 100 people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, but as, you know, things got bigger and better, it was part of the whole thing. And then it becomes something that you actually feed off of. They help you get amped. They help, you know, you want to go out and perform in front of them and show them what you can do. And this, when you're now used to it, now you got to go, Hey, that energy's not going to be there. I've got to manufacture it somehow. Yeah. But you know, there's some guys that do and some guys really don't. So, uh, you know, I look at this, you know, the main event of this, you know, heavyweight matchup and we've all seen Jorginho Rosenstruck. We know exactly what he is and where he's strong. Uh, not a whole lot of people have, have seen, uh, Gazeev as far as 
he hasn't been in the UFC for very long, but they match up as far as, you know, style wise, mm-hmm. everyone thinks because, you know, Gazeev comes from Russia and that he's, you know, a great wrestler. He's got, he's got wrestling. I've watched him, you know, uh, where he's taking people down for the most part. He likes to be in the standup. He likes to throw his hands. He likes to put, you know, the hurt on people. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit of a stand-up war. I would agree with you. I think Aziv, though, is going to be somebody that um, he rips the body. He works the body yeah, pretty well for a big yeah, guy. Uh, I also like how he tracks after you and doesn't really open himself up until he sees you covering up. Can he take a shot from Jarzinho, and can Jarzinho get there to his chin? Because I look at when I look at the two of them, Jarzinho is the bigger, heavier guy, whereas uh, Aziv, I don't think is a he's a big guy. But he, I would I say, say he's, he's a 260 pound guy. But when I look at the two of them, I think I feel like Rosenstruck is probably a little bit bigger and also a little bit more Ooh. plotty. Like in terms of not athletic, maybe I'm maybe I'm trying to word this wrong. He's yeah. not as athletic as uh, Gazeev because he seems like he's a little bit more lighter on his feet, whereas Jarzinho is plotting, kind of walks after you, kind of almost I don't want to say like a Derek Lewis, but like he just kind of like slowly plots after you. Yeah, Whereas he does. Gazeev is someone who he'll have a little bit of a bounce in his step. He'll go ahead and put the pace on you. He'll go ahead and he seems like he's going to be a little bit faster than Jarzinho. I, I look at Gazeev being the, the more, I don't want to say not more refined. He's not. But I would say he is, he's got. He's got more bounce in his step. Yeah, not just bounce, but I think he is the better true mixed martial artist in this whole thing. Well, I think that's been the, the whole story about Jorginho is you're looking at a guy that you know he obviously has got a kickback kickboxing background more boxing centric he really likes to just use his hands he'll he'll kick to the legs and stuff but he doesn't bring a lot of high kicks up or anything like that yeah but he's got power in his hands and he can put people out and uh but that's heavyweights yeah that's 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 all heavyweights the heavyweight hits you know another heavyweight on the chin the right way they're going down and so I do think that you're right about Gazeev as far as he does have a little bit more. He bounces a little bit more and he does, he tracks people. Well, he cuts the cage off. Well, if you're, if you're trying to get away from him, he does a good job of stopping that movement to one side and forces you back towards where he wants you to be back towards this power at times. So it's a good matchup. And like I said, I don't see it being that, you know, Oh, it's going to be, Gazeev taking Rosenstruck down, which has been the that's the formula for beating him yeah. for the most part. You know, that's the way that everyone looks at it. I don't think he's going to do it. I think he's going to say, "I'll beat you on the feet." I would agree, but I think also too, if you go back and you watch, and I know it was a while a while back was the Alistair Overeem fight. In that fight, he was losing almost every round because he just wasn't pulling the trigger, and then he finally was able to catch Alistair at the very end. It was like a blessing. Yeah. What was it like? Forty seconds left, or something. Ten seconds. Yeah, it was like at the last second of the fight. Um, in in that in that exchange, but that's how I can see uh, Shamil going ahead and just kind of touching him, touching him, touching him, and waiting for Rosenstruck to really get off. And if he doesn't get off, the rounds are going to slip away, and he'll be losing round by round. True. Because I think Aziz is going to fight a very smart fight. He'll touch him. Yeah. He'll move. He'll touch him. He'll move. He uses his movement, his athleticism to his advantage. He's twelve and zero. There's a lot to be said about people that are undefeated. They try a little bit harder not to lose that O, as long as they're not just <laughs> arrogant and cocky about it. Yeah. So uh, I think I think you know, when you look at these guys and heavyweights, they're kind of being left behind right now. Gazeev coming up though, whereas Rosenstruck feels like he's going down. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Maybe. We're gonna see next I mean, fight. Ah, uh, we got Vitor Petrino. Guy is a truck. He is a just put together, strong individual at light heavyweight going up against Tyson Pedro. It's an interesting matchup because, you know, Tyson Pedro came from heavyweight, came back down to the light heavyweight and uh, has put on some good performances. Petrino has been a guy that you looked at and, you know, he is undefeated and he's had the moments where you looked, he said, oh, is he starting to, you know, get tired and fold it? he comes through you know he, mm-hmm. he he finds a way to suck it up uh he's good on the ground he'll take people down but for the most part he likes to be in the stand-up uh tyson pedro wants to be in the stand-up for the most part it's an interesting ma- matchup tyson pedro is gonna be one of those guys he either needs to start living up to his expectations or he's gonna just Ooh. start falling short because he's the guy that i feel like he has some tools and weapons in there 
that really can make anyone look bad. And he can also crush you and knock you out if he if he gets after it. With uh, Vitor, he's just somebody that he's he's pretty well-rounded. And I think he'll <laughs> take the easy way about this and he'll try to get these takedowns, make Pedro, make Tyson Pedro work for keeping stay keeping it on the feet. And does he get so fatigued? Does he slow down too much to where then it starts to open up for Vitor on the feet? You know, I mean, Vitor's got more tools, more weapons that he can rely on, whereas Tyson Pedro's got to keep this thing on the feet and use his speed and his power to his advantage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The real question, you know, I see Petrino coming forward, mm -hmm. and I've always noticed that when Tyson Pedro has someone that is pushing him back, he does not get off the sand. And so he's going to have to figure out, I've got to have some volume in this. Yep. All right. Alex Perez taking on the guy we've been talking a lot about, Mr. Muhammad Mokayev. This is uh, in the flyweight division. Alex Perez has been there for championship fights. He's never gotten to that point where he's won the title, but he's got hands. He's got very good hands, but he's going against a guy who tends to do the things that give Alex Perez problems, and that's take the fight to the ground with superior wrestling and maul you on the ground. This is one of those ones that I look at, and it's obvious that Perez has got pretty good power in his hands. He's got good stand-up. Mokayev, his stand-up stand is not bad, mm -hmm. but his wrestling is damn good. Yeah, I agree. I think I think with Perez, he's going to have to try to keep this thing on the feet, and I don't think he's going to be able to. I think Mokayev is yeah. going to be able to kind of weather the storm, not even say weather the storm, just going to be able to slip his head offline, and just the timing on the takedowns will be there. The control from the top position will be there. And Perez will either give up some sort of submission given his back and get trying to get back up to his feet. Or um or he's gonna end up uh you know just being ground pounded out or just being held down for the three rounds. Yeah. So we're gonna see. But yeah. I, I look at it and I hate to say, you know, Alex Perez he's a, he's a good fighter. Mm -hmm. and he's got a lot of talent. But it when you look at people that are superior on the ground to him and i mean you know not that he can just hold on to and let the time you know get back get, maybe get back to his feet he's not that guy that gets back to his feet the same as a lot of uh flyweights yeah you know a lot of flyweights are really technically so good at creating that space and being able to get themselves back up he tends to wait down there and it's not a position that he can wait in so we're gonna see if he's changed true that. true i right, look with Molkaev though dave can you pull up the weight class the flyweight weight class because we just talked about this last night but I, I mean, I really feel like this is a weight class that is is kind of just ready to peak, almost like how the one thirty five pound weight class is ready to peak. I feel like it's the same thing. You've got Royval, you've got Moreno, you've got Albazi, Kaikar France, uh, Nicolau, Cape. You've got all these guys. I mean, I would like to see him take a step up in that competition, whether it's Manel Cop or or whether it's like an Albazi or Moreno. Like I want to see him take that next level. He's eleven and zero, I believe, ten and zero or eleven and zero. It's time to it's time to give him somebody that can stuff the takedowns. It's time to give him somebody that can do really well with him on the ground. Yeah, but but he's taking on the guy that's right above him in the rankings. So he is moving up. He's moving, you know, he's he's moving in that direction if you take a look. Mm. You know, it's like There could be something else to this. I mean, maybe maybe I'm overshooting it in terms of maybe his contract isn't as good as he would like and let's take as many fights as we think we can win right now until we can get a bigger contract to deal. So I have to always keep that in my mind. I'm like, why are you not fighting up more? Why are you not fighting guys like Albazi? Why are you not fighting guys like uh, Roy Vall and Moreno and, you know, when Petoja wasn't champion? Why are you not trying to take those chances being undefeated, knowing how good you are? A lot of it could be contract stuff as well. So I got to be open-minded to that. More so on my True. part. True. Eric Anders taking on Jamie Pickett. This is one of those ones you look and you go, it's an interesting matchup as far as, I mean, it doesn't have any real – Oh, you know, this guy's going to be moving up or anything like that. But Eric Anders is just very smooth, athletic. Jamie Pickett is a good fighter. He's he's great when he's on, when he's off. And, you know, guys are able to outgrapple him. There becomes problems for him. But in the stand-up, he can be very uh, dynamic, tough fighter. I look at this one, and it's like, it's an entertaining fight. Mm -hmm. But it has no bearing on anything. It will be a fun fight. Yeah. Uh, Eric Anders, I believe, was out at CPI getting some stem cells done after his last fight and then jumped into camp. And now he's, you know, here. This should be a fun fight, I think, for the fans. Two big guys getting after it. Eric Anders built like a Greek god. I'm a little jealous, yeah. you know. Uh, 
He's got the big legs, he's got the wide back, got all the tools and weapons and stuff. Dude, he played linebacker at fucking Alabama. Oh, man. Jealous. <laughs> Jealous. Uh, but yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, look, I mean, you got these two guys, look for the letter to be slung, and then that's going to be a good fight. Should be fun. Very entertaining. I think when yeah. we start getting these fights right after the pay-per-views, they're really kind of just looking for the fighters that can put on entertaining fights to make sure the cards, you know, at least have some value to them. Yeah. Matt Schnell taking on Steve. I don't know. I'm going to say it wrong. Eric. It's Ursic. Ursic. Yeah. Ursic. Um, Matt Schnell is fantastic in the stand. Mm-hmm. Smooth movement. He throws everything beautifully straight in the, when he's throwing his shots. You know, obviously he'll, he'll use his hooks and stuff. He's got great footwork. Just beautiful to watch him. Ursic, when you're watching him, he's good on the ground. Mm-hmm. He's good in the stand-up. He's going to want to get Matt Schnell to the ground because I think that's where he has a decided advantage, and I think Schnell actually has the advantage on the feet. So we're going to see if Steve Ursic Click on Ursic. Uh, didn't he lose his last fight? Was that his first loss of his career, his last fight? It might have been his first loss, yeah. Was it? No, was not his first loss. Scroll down. No, no he hasn't no. lost yet in the UFC. Oh, what was I thinking, man? Uh, but know. no, he look, his stand-up is not bad. He has a very... Um, it doesn't look like it's that good, but he finds ways to make it work on the feet. He is, yeah. um, he, he just, he's, he seems like he's very technically sound in terms of on the feet. Snell's going to be, um, he is, but he's not, no, bad. he's not fast or explosive or any of those yeah. things. He's just technically sound on the feet, but he, you know, John, when you have those guys, they're hard to kind of get in through. They're kind of hard to, to land the big shots on. And, uh, I think it's going to be a, a tougher fight. Um, than we think. I think Ersting's going to be a tougher fight for Schnell. Than oh, we- no, I think he's a very tough yeah. fight for Schnell as far as I look at it, and Schnell's got to perform. He's got to let his hands go on this, mm-hmm. and he's got to keep himself from being put on the onto the canvas. Because yeah. on the canvas, in my opinion, Ersting's got to, he's going to be able to control a lot of what he does and keep him there and take rounds. This is true. This is true. So. Uh, next fight. I believe we have a guy named Umar <laughs> Nurmagomedov. I don't know who he is. I've never heard of him. Uh, I've never seen him fight. <laughs> I know this guy. 16 you know this guy? I know this guy. Uh, against Bexat Almakian. I'll tell you what. I don't know this, this guy. Is, he's good. <laughs> is he? I, he's good. I watched him. Okay. Uh, and he's good everywhere. He's got good stand-up. Uh-huh. He's got... He's got good wrestling when he wants. He's good, good defensive. This is a really good matchup uh-huh. uh, between two guys that are just well-rounded fighters. Can, okay, so this is this is kind of where we have a problem, I think, with the sport right now, is that there's so much hype around Umar that a lot of the top guys don't want to fight him. They're yeah. either hurt, they're either, nah, like I'm ranked higher than him, why am I going to take the chance? And they'll find ways to not take the fight. Habib ran into the same problem. Islam did as well. I mean, and people then when they get to the top, people are like, they haven't, oh, he hasn't fought they haven't fought anybody. <laughs> guys, that. it's, it's very difficult for guys that have a reputation and a name. And like I said, the reason why, the reason why these guys haven't fought anybody is because the word is out in the gyms where they have gone and they have trained. They've trained at Henzo's. They've trained at uh, Extreme Couture's. They've trained at all the AKA they've, tra- they've trained with fighters that have come in from different areas or they've gone to other gyms and trained and people yep. have rolled with them. People have seen them roll with other guys Sparred with them. Yeah. People have just trained. They with know them exactly. They, realize, um, they know exactly what they're about. They've seen how good they are with guys that they normally train with, or they've trained with themselves. And that is why Umar Nurmagomedov is the real deal. Now, do I think he'll be champion? I do think he will be champion one day. I'm not sure if it's going to be soon or not. Uh, it depends on how well they play this. He's coming off of his shoulder injury. Um, you know, he had a he had shoulder surgery. surgery he's yeah. getting his. He's getting back on track. This is a good step for him. I, I don't know anything about uh, Amakahan. Uh, I don't even know how to say his name. Uh, I'm not, I don't know anything about him. I couldn't tell you. Um, I just know he's 14 and one. I know. I heard he's tough. He's got a. And he was. And but I also heard too. Um, when I talked to uh, Umar, I said, who are you fighting? He told me his name and he said, he said, this guy, very tough. This guy probably tougher than most guys in the top 10 in UFC. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And he's like, and, uh, he's like, going to be a good fight. So he gives the guy nothing but respect. And, uh, and I like that about him. 
Always, always good to watch. Hopefully he comes out and he has a great fight. I'm looking forward to, to seeing him fight. Yeah. It should be an outstanding. Mm-hmm. Like Umar is good everywhere now, and his wrestling is really good. Uh, it's really a question is if, if he makes a mistake, look at Amakim can absolutely take advantage of it. He's that good. But it's mm-hmm. the same in reverse for Nurmagomedov. So it's it's all about going out there and make and forcing them into your fight. Ah, we have the Raul Rojas Jr. against Ricky Tercios fight. This was supposed to take place in Mexico. Both of these guys uh, will, will at least enjoy a higher content of oxygen now fighting <laughs> at the Apex. Uh, but, you know, I feel bad that uh, you know Raul got sick and it happens. I've seen it. You know, guys are in the back and they're trying to warm up and they're throwing up, and you know. They're running to the the. Sh- Is out, the it, was it altitude sickness? No, I don't think it was altitude sickness. He just got sick. Maybe because I, I mean, know, like I, that that could happen while you're warming up. You're warming up too hard. No, going intense. It happens quite a bit. Can you know if you get to that level? All fi- it's so funny, especially with young fighters. They believe that there's no such thing as altitude sickness, or they don't think that it's a big Ooh. deal. They don't yeah. realize. So, as soon as it hits you, mm-hmm. you'll know because oh, you're. You're uh, very nauseous and not able to do a whole lot. Not to so. shit your pants. <laughs> yes, that's it. So at least, you know, uh, in losing that fight last week, they're able to, you know, take all the training and all the hard work they put in and come, you know, the next week and do this. It's a good job by the UFC mm-hmm. to put that fight together for them. So very nice. It's going to be at a catch weight. That's smart. And that is all because, hey, don't don't make the guys go and suck down again. Uh, a week later, yeah. very smart of them. Hey, just do it at a catch weight. You're both going to end up weighing the same in the end. So, good job by the UFC on this one. Yeah, good work. I mean, I want to see um, how Rojas Jr. performs. I want to see how he has making how he's evolving and making changes to his game. Um, his last fight, uh, he was able to make some changes in terms of he didn't just go chasing submission after submission after submission um, after oh, yeah. losing the fight uh, previously to that. So he understands where he's at right now. He knows that he needs to get better. I want to see him get better on the feet. I want to see him start really trying to open up on the feet, not just constantly reminding what got him to the dance. Now, I'm not saying that every single time he needs to go out there and stand and bang it out. But what I'm saying is that he needs to put some effort into really letting his stand-up go in a fight. Not just in the gym, not in sparring with with teammates, not with 16-ounce gloves on, like in the gym. When I talked about... uh, Biagio Ale Walsh uh, yesterday, the conversation was he went out there. He knew that he was, he's got good boxing. He knew he was good on the feet. He knows he's athletic, but he focused on making sure in his fight over the weekend that, that he utilizes wrestling, that he got, he got mat time inside the cage in the actual cage with the bright lights, with the pressure, yeah. with the media, with all the other stuff around it. It makes a difference. Some fighters will go out there and just try to win the best way, the, the fastest way they can. I understand that. But then Biagio all the walls is someone that also has to be careful about doing it on the feet because you can get clipped in the, in the contest as well. And he does, he's very hittable. Yes, he is. If there's one thing about him, yes. look, he, he's got good stand-up and he's got fast hands, but he is hittable. He sticks his chin in there and people touch it a lot. Mm-hmm. So he's got a good chin. I, I, I take nothing away from him in that. But yeah, he's hittable. So yeah. I, a lot of people don't realize that when you're in a position uh being a young fighter many times i don't know if a trainer's ever done it with you but many times the the trainer will sit there and say hey i don't don't want you know you're really good on the ground i don't want you to take it to the ground i want you to keep this on the feet sometimes i want you to work on your stand-up i want you to utilize that jab and that right cross combo that we've been talking about and working on i want you to use that against this guy you know whole first round i don't want to see you taking it to the to the ground and they're doing that to try to give their guy cage time in the area that they are not strong in mm-hmm. and get them feeling more comfortable going against someone that they look at as, hey, we're better than this person. We can, I can take this right now and get some time for my guy in the cage, in the area where he's not comfortable. This is beneficial. So it happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Javier tried to do that to me with Gerald Streetbent. And I just jumped right into his guard like an idiot. <laughs> He's like, Josh, keep this on the feet. Let's work on your stand-up. This is a great opportunity for you to work on your stand-up, you know? And I was like, nah, let's just jump in the guard. Screw you. <laughs> let's just jump in the guard. <laughs> let's see what happens. Fuck it. Let's play it by ear. That's normally when someone asks me something, normally my my first thought is, nah, fuck it. Let's just see what happens. 
<laughs> That's really what happens. Oh, anyway. All right, we got you know the the, net, the fight before that is Amon Zahabi, obviously the brother of the the man running TriStar, Mister Frias Zahabi. Mm-hmm. Very good fighter, very technically uh, proficient, smart fighter, going up against Javed Basharat, who is a damn good fighter. Yeah. It's a really interesting uh, matchup right there. Should be a fun fight. Both guys good yeah, on the feet. Be. Both guys good yep. on the feet. It's going to be a very action-packed type fight. Basharat um, could be aggressive when he wants. Good attacks. Yep. We're going to see, though, like I believe in his last fight, he, got, he might get a little tired towards the end. You know, it's 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 so hard because it's, it's him and his brother. Ah, sometimes maybe. we, we kind of mix them up. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking yeah, exactly. that. Maybe I'm thinking of that. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, this is true. So, so I have to go back and see which one I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it should be a, should be a really good fight. Should be a really good fight. Uh, Dave, uh, no, Dave, but uh, John, anything else on this card you want to talk about? Not right, not right now. That's good. All right, went through the whole thing just about. Hey guys, go to onlyfans.com/slash Wayne in onlyfans.com/slash Wayne in, and uh, I did a live chat on there yesterday, and it was awesome. I was on there for about 40 minutes. Everyone enjoyed it. We had a lot of, I had probably close to about 30, 40 people on there. So let's, uh, if you guys enjoy uh, doing some live chats, I talk about a lot of other things. I will get on there and talk about PFL, get on there and talk about Bellator, get on there and talk about UFC stuff as well. So it's a good opportunity for you guys to have more of a one-on-one relationship with uh, the Wayne and podcast. You guys can ask questions and uh, I'm pretty upfront with you and honest about you because uh, I don't have to worry about the executives from anywhere being on there. <laughs> so, so let, let me let me ask you a question so when someone says man is is john really that good looking you tell him yes right uh, <laughs> uh, of course that's exactly that's what, what i, I thought said, yeah. that's what i thought that's just all that's all I boys man of course go. that's what i said yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> uh all right well hey and um let's go ahead and move on let's oh this is a good topic right here Gonna give you guys a couple little topics, uh, you know, to talk about. John, you want to read it, or do you want me to read it? Wow, nobody's gonna tell us what the fuck to do. I'm gonna fight until the wheels fall off. Fuck retiring, my man, Tony Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, so just to give a bit of color there, uh, Tony was on the um, Jack Jackson, Jackson? podcast, yeah. <clears throat> and he was asked about uh, retirement. He was saying he was he's been encouraged to retire by folk around him and that quote came from his response he was encouraged to retire by who he gave a name and i can't remember the name it uh, may have been he may have said david goggins did tell him but oh it was brock lesnar told him brock lesnar called him and told him hey yeah you know i love you you know i've seen you go from being a young fighter to being a champ and it's time you know you got to start thinking about this you know Brock's right. I I can't say much, John. He's got he's got kids, and he needs to he needs to stop being selfish and start thinking about them. The problem right now is you're right, and the, but the problem is Tony has got you know, he's he's got a, a, a different mentality than a lot of people. He is a fighter to the to the core. He loves it. And he's not looking, he's not looking two steps ahead. He's not even looking one step ahead. He's looking at right now, and this is what I want to do. Not understanding what the last seven fights have done to him as a fighter, to him as a person, to him as a, you know, a a guy that, you know, you want to be there for your kids and for your grandkids. You got to look and say the damage will add up. And there comes a point it's over for everyone. And, and I would love to see Tony take the advice of, you know, other people take the advice of, you know, you know, anybody who's close to him at this point and say, it's okay, man, you had a f- phenomenal career, but losing <clears throat> is just as contagious as winning. And it starts to seep into your soul. It's, it gets in your head and instead of going out and being that free spirit that can just go and move and do the things that he used to be able to do, you're so worried about losing again that those things aren't even part of it. And at the age he is, he can't do some of the things he used to do. 
He says, I'm going to fight until the wheels fall off. The wheels have fallen Thank off, you. Josh. I was about to say that. They're off. Yeah. It's, it's time to move on. And it's, yep. it's a decision that every fighter has to make. And I know he's going to have to make it on his own. Maybe there's a lot of money still left on the table. And the UFC is willing to keep fighting him. But I, I'm looking at him and I'm thinking right now you're just being selfish. It's it's these these fights because of the amount of money he makes, they're they're gonna be hard fights. Unless they restructure yeah. his contract, which maybe he won't. Maybe or maybe he will actually. Maybe he will restructure his contract so he can stay busy and stay in the UFC. Maybe. There's been guys that have had a resurgence. Like you've got Jim Miller, you've got um, you know, Arlo Andre Olovsky. They understand where they're at. He's never gonna fight the top ten or fifteen guys. He shouldn't be, anyways. No. I don't think he should be. Can you pull up the top no, 15? He should not. Can you pull up the rankings? I, I like if when I'm looking at that, there's not one person in there that I mean, like he's already lost to Bobby Green. Lost to Bobby Green. You know, uh, he should not be fighting uh Saint Denise. He should not be fighting nope. RDA. He should not be fighting Dan Hooker. He should not be fighting Jalen Turner. Fazeev for sure not. And I'm just going up. I mean, should be going backwards the other way. Drew Dober, absolutely not. Um yep. You know, so when I'm looking at the top 15, there's no one in there that he should be fighting. Not one. And if I'm looking at, then do what do you do? Do you take those guys that are on the way up, that are younger, that are faster, that are all these well, things? Yeah, if you're, if you're the UFC and you're going to use him in any way, you're going to sit there and say, well, you know, I'm going to put you against the guy that I think has got some talent and is uh, coming up. And I'm going to put you against that person because I'm going to use your name to help build their career. Is he even in the top 50? I'm on Topologies, World MMA, top 50. No, he's, but, not, and he's top not He's not even there. When he just lost to Patty, so I thought maybe he'd be around there, but I don't see him. No. Yeah, definitely not there. He's definitely not going to be above Patty. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> no. I mean, there's just no one for him to, there's no one there for him to fight. And the UFC is going to look and go, we're paying you a decent amount of money. Now, obviously it's probably not like get rich money, but it's still a decent amount of money. And he's going to have to make a decision. Is the amount of damage that I'm taking in these fights? I don't think he even looks at it that way though. Don't, Tony's not that kind of guy. Don't Tony look doesn't... at it about yourself. That's the problem, John. He's got to look at it in terms of, where are you going to be at after this? Are you going to be able to still throw the ball with your kids? Are you going to still be able to try to wrestle and teach your kids how to wrestle? He can't even shoot his single legs back and forth anymore. So how are you going to show your kid how to do a double leg? I think I believe he's got two boys. He's got two. Yeah. And so you think your kids are going to want to learn some of the stuff that you've been doing for your whole life? The greatest benefit of being a father and knowing and having all this knowledge is to fucking hand it down. It's driving me yeah. crazy. Like, and I, I like the guy. I think that oh, yeah. there is something there that he has so much he could give to his kids. So much that knowledge, it's there. And so, it's it's uh, the wheels have fallen off. Yes, and I, I think it's time for him to to start thinking about more than just himself. You know, if you want to try to take a fight to get a win and then leave on top, you know, get that last win. I'll give you the support. I'm down. I'm down to give you that support. Let's try, you know. Let's get the UFC to try and find him somebody that's there that we think you know it's a good matchup. See, and this is it. All comes down. You know, BJ went through this. You know, and they're yeah. saying, and then basically they said, look, we pay him so much money. Yeah, I can't just, you know, put him against a nobody. And they go, and they, and they, they, you know, said it and said it as clean as. So, so John, so he gets a win. Guess what he's going to want to do now? Yeah. He's going to want to fight again. Fight one more. I got one more. See, I told you I could do it. No, no, no. I'm giving you a guy that I feel like, hey, we can get you a win. We need to wrap this up. That's the problem. That's the problem. I mean, I just, I think for him, it's got to be more of a talking conversation with him. The wheels have fallen off. It's time to wrap this thing up. You've got two young boys, two young kids. You got so much life to live, man. So much life to live. I've, I've, um, John, you and I've had this conversation a lot. I've talked to several media sources about it. I've said it on this podcast. I said it on, I said it in 2019 on Rogan's podcast. When I was getting ready to retire or when I did retire, I told myself, what else am I going to do? 
You got 40, let's just say, God willing, I retired at 40 years old. You have yeah. another 20, maybe even 40 more years. You have a whole other life to live, to right. see your kids grow up, to see your kids have kids, to see your grandchildren. Who knows? You may not even be able to see your grandchildren's grandchildren have kids. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You might be able to see your kids have kids and then them have kids. Like, you might. You might be able to. But you keep doing what you're doing. That's all going to go away. Yeah. And I can't like, look, and I grew up with, I grew up because when my dad died at a young age, there's nothing more than I want right now is to see him be more like to be here around my kids. Yeah. It's hard to explain to somebody though. <sighs> look, this part of your life is going to be special because right now it's not part of their life. They're not looking at it. The only thing they're looking at is my fight career. That's who I am. That's what I do. And to sit there and to, to even start to look at that other, you know, half of, no, nope, I'm not there yet. And he is, he just, uh, he just can't admit it. But see, you just said what's wrong with it. He just said, this is my fight career. This is who I am. No, no, no. Your fighting is what you do. That's right. Who you are is somebody else. That's right. And you need to learn to differ, uh, differentiate between the two. There you You've go. got to learn look to understand like, word. this is not, this is not who I am. This is just what I do. And when what I'm do done do? doing that, I'm going to do something else. You know, I mean, like, look, in California, I have my real estate license. I'm, I'm reapplying right now to get my real estate license in Texas. It's something to do on the side, something to do and have fun. Look, there's an opportunity there to make money, whether it's a little bit or a lot. It doesn't matter. It depends on how much work you put into it. There's other things. Right. Getting your appraiser license. That's another thing. Going out and doing appraisals. Applied for that as well. Doing both things if you want. Having the availability to do different things and seeing which ones you like, those are all there and available to him. So, and I'm not saying he should go and be a, a real estate agent. I'm not saying that. I'm simply saying though that this, this is the conversation we had, John, um, on the show yesterday. These are the things that I wish that the UFC would say, Hey, Tony, let's go ahead and start maybe trying to plant you into a position where you can start doing private lessons at local UFC gyms, whatever yeah. it is. Let's give you, let's, let's work with, let's work on, giving you some sort of partnership in one of these ones in your area where we can help feed more clientele in there because you are there, wherever you live, wherever your roots are, where do you want to live? Where do you want, where can you be for the rest of your life or at least for the next 15 years? And let's go ahead and plant you in there. Let's make this like your location and let's figure out how we could build a partnership together on these gyms. It's a big deal because now he's yeah. got a home that he can build. He can build a family type atmosphere in there. He can have his kids in there training jiu-jitsu. He could be part of this. It's something. There's something there um, with the gym, the, the gym type setups for UFC gyms and with former fighters. You see it with Frankie Edgar. You see it with BJ Penn. You see it with Cub Swanson. You see it with Ricardo Lamas. You see it with Bisbing and Cub. You see it with these guys. They're out there. They have gyms. And so yeah. there's an avenue for them. We talked about Chris Sosinski, uh, uh, Sosinski, right? You see it. Christoph. Christoph, Christoph Sosinski. Christoph Sosinski. You see it with him. He's crushing it at the at the uh, I believe the Torrance location in in uh, in L.A. He's killing it. Life after fighting doesn't have to be like this. It's There's, there. It's there. But if you but when you don't realize it's there, because you can't see it. Yeah. It's not what you're looking for. That's your problem. You got to be able to see. You got to look and say, I can, I can do something different. Well, here's another thing. Look, since Josh, I started farming at the age of fucking 59. Yeah. <laughs> you want to get your ass kicked? Uh, That's the way to get your ass kicked. No one ever said you were Jesus. smart. No, uh, but man, let me let me give I you an example. Let me give you something else, though. In the beginning, when gyms were opening up and UFC gyms and stuff like that, it was all about jujitsu. And it was like, oh, it was gi jujitsu, gi jujitsu. Now with the explosion of Gordon Ryan, a lot of these gyms, not just not just UFC gyms, but other gyms, they're having a huge pool for no gi jujitsu. Sure. All there is. Before it was like, oh, no, no, I want to train gi because of the belts and the rankings and everything like that. There was, there was incentive to be like, no, I want to get my black belt. Now people are like, fuck, I can get as good as Gordon Ryan. I don't have to have a fucking gi on and feel hot and sweaty all the time. Carry this <laughs> damn thing around like... Have someone pulling at my sleeves yeah. and stuff, and I have a freaking wet thing exactly all over my head. Yep, exactly. And so when when I'm when these fighters now, the avenue is they know what works. They they know more than what guys like Gordon Ryan know in terms of 
sure, maybe it's not the techniques of Gordon Ryan, but it's no. what really works in a fight. Gordon Ryan can show you what to do in jiu-jitsu and no gi jiu-jitsu. He can't show you what to do when you're getting punched in the face because not a lot of guys can execute what he's doing while they're getting punched in the face. That whole mentality of black belt to white belt after getting hit a couple of times is true. Oh, yeah. And you have to develop how to do that. And what better people to put in the locations and the places in, in a UFC gym than the former fighters who can talk these, these uh, members through it. Don't make it a fight. Don't make it a fight gym. Just put fighters in there that you know can help you build your brand. And I think Tony Ferguson being one of them, he'll just, he has a, I think he'll have a niche of different types of clientele that would love to follow him and learn from him. Stand up, wrestling, grappling, everything. The way he, remember how he used to hit his darts from anywhere? That, oh, yeah. that guy, man. I mean, when I trained, when I trained with Khabib, with Habib for hit for his fight, all I did was try to hit Habib in those. He's like, no, all brother, brother, all please, please. All you gotta do, every single time we grapple, try to hit it from everywhere, from bottom, from top, from side control, from on the feet. Yeah. He was like, he tried to hit from everywhere, so I know. And I'm like, okay, sure enough, everywhere, everywhere, because we that was something that he was so dangerous an area he was so dangerous in. He's got so much knowledge to share and give to so many people, not just his kids, everyone. I would like to see the UFC find ways to play some of these guys. So that's at least that's a segue into whatever it is they want to do. They automatically slide into that. Then when they get to there, they're making money. Now they can either keep doing that or they, at least they can make money until they get a real estate license or until they go back to school and they get their education doing something else. Something along those lines until they become a police officer. Uh, remember the, what was his name? Jeez, <sighs> I forgot his name. He fought Pat Militich. Good looking kid. Kind of has a jawline. John Alessio. John, John Alessio. Alessio. He's a cop now. I believe a sheriff in Las oh, Vegas, yeah. correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's he was he's a police officer. Look at Jerry Bolander is the sheriff up in Napa County, uh, you know, in California. A lot of guys have switched over and, and become uh, law enforcement officers and stuff. You know, Phil Miller. People don't remember who he was. Mm -hmm. Phil Miller was 16 and 0 in the UFC when he left. Wow. And said, you know, I'm not, I'm not making them. They wanted to fight Phil Baroni at the time. And he was like, I'll fight Phil Baroni. Just pay me. He wasn't going to get paid a lot. He goes, why am I doing this? Yeah. You know, I ended up putting him through the LAP, uh, police Academy. You know, he was one of my recruits. What? You know? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. I Cra mean, here, you want to hear a story about Phil Miller? This is how crazy. All Phil I want to do, crazy, John, is sit you down and listen either. to stories. So please tell me, tell me these things. <laughs> People eat these things up, man. Like nom, 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 nom. Come on. I mean, you know, when, you, when you're a recruit, I made it to where you have these tools that you're going to use. Well, you need to know what those things are like. Because and it's not so much, you know, you, you, we want to hurt you. I want you to know if someone is able to walk through this, it's telling you something about their mentality, maybe what they're on. They might be on something or something like that. So when you talk about like, uh, you know, OC, you know, it's good to get pepper sprayed. It hurt, it sucks, but it's good because at least you know, hey, that shit really works. That's disgusting. Or what it feels like, it's horrible. I do. I, it's so bad. But I used to, we, you know, we, we were uh, we taught the taser too, and one of the things you had to do with the taser is we would tase you. Now, when we tased you, it was hey, if you screamed out or something like that, we would stop it. Okay, but if you you know if you did it in it's a five second ride is what, you know, you're going to ride the lightning for five seconds is what you know it is because that's how long it lasts. And so, you know, Phil Miller comes up to me, right. And he says, he goes, yeah, he's a fucking crazy bastard. And he goes, he says, he goes, he says, what's it like? <laughs> right? And I go, you're going to find out, Phil. I goes, no big deal. It's all up here. I said, you put up with it. It's no big deal. Right. And he goes, I want 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and, he goes, and i go phil i'm not giving you 10 seconds i said if you ride it it's five seconds that's what it'll be no give me 10 seconds <laughs> phil yes. you haven't done five seconds yet yet just you know what so normally we'll take and you know you can hook them up in different places and stuff like that but you you put the electrodes on them right and you so i put them on phil hey <laughs> and i said are you ready he goes yes sir right and i hit him right and he got his head down and he he looks up and you know he's got his ears are sticking out. Yeah. He looks up and goes, "I like it." <laughs> Shut up! He gives me the oh, "I like oh, it," geez. and I was like, 
you're a sick bastard. Get away from me. <laughs> That's did he go uh, ten seconds? Oh, you went to five seconds. Ah, uh, yeah. you didn't give him the tension. Give no, him the tension. No, I had to pull the trigger on it again. Oh, I'm not man, doing that to that's him, man. So great. It wasn't about torturing anybody, but yeah, he was like, he's just, you know, I want to do it again, right? No, you're not doing it again. But. This, but this goes back into what we were talking about. Like these, there's avenues for fighters to get there. It's just the problem is as soon as it gets like when you retire from fighting, it's cut off completely. It's done. There's no money coming in. Yeah. You, it takes time to get back into making money. Yeah, you've so, been fired. Yeah, you've been yeah, exactly. You've been fired. You have no idea where Sucks. to go. Yeah. And so you don't know the direction of your life. But the thing but is But that's the whole thing. And you know, you talk about it. Gary V says, You've got to get rid of your old life yes. to start your new one. Yep. Yeah. Gotta get rid of your old life. And that was one of the hardest things for me to do because after I had lost my last fight to Patriki, even though it was a headbutt loss, but um after I lost that fight. I walked back in no, AKA I, for. I believe it was an uppercut. Nah, it was the, the, ref no, didn't, the ref didn't see it. I have film. The ref didn't. I see have it. film. The ref didn't see it. <laughs> old man was out of place. Couldn't get there fast enough. Old man was fucking so old. Yeah, that's why he had to retire. Yeah, this is probably true. <laughs> it's, um, it. But I would go into the gym and I was like in there for a week. I was probably in there for about two or three weeks, and then I realized I'm like. This just isn't, this isn't for me anymore. It's a weird yeah. feeling of going in and going, you're not the big man anymore on the top. It's, you know, it, you're not that guy that's the world champion. It's like, you're, you're not, it's just not there anymore. And yeah. understanding when you walk into the gym, you're no longer the, the big guy in the gym or the one that controls the gym or the one that is the, and sure, they still look at you as like Umar was always very respectful, but always like, you know, he always tried to get as much knowledge out of me. And, um, it just, even when I go in now and still visit, like, you know, he's still, and some of the other young guys go, what do I do when I do this? And I'm only there for 20, 15 minutes, you know, 20 to 15, 15 to 20 minutes. And <laughs> it's, it's that conversation. Backwards, 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 15 to 20 minutes. But I'm only, I'm normally only there for that amount of time. And they still want to know, they still want to absorb that knowledge. They want to get that knowledge. What would you do if in this situation, whether it's on the feet or on the ground, but it's that it's you're scared to leave because you don't you've known you haven't known anything else. For me, it was 20 yeah. years of walking into sure. AKA from 20 from from the year 2000 until 2019. 20 years of walking into that one gym, and I actually went there in '98 and trained there for a year until '99. Then I went home from '99 to 2000, came back in 2000, back to AKA and back in San Jose. So it was a total of 20 years of spending into that gym. It just felt like home. It felt like routine. It was a routine of every day, sure you know, and even on Saturdays. And um, that's the hardest part, I think, for like Tony, right? Somebody having to leave whatever it is that he's been doing, his normal routines, the routine that gets men attached to that. Men are very routine driven. We get up, we oh, do yeah. this. like, And those are the things that shape what we do for our lives. Like, you know, I think if you can, if we can find ways to help them insert themselves into facilities that can help make them some money right off the bat, that'll give them a little bit of, uh, leeway in figuring out what they can want to do next. But then, like you said, once you're fired, you've got to make that decision soon because the bills still keep coming. They don't just stop because you lost your job. Like he still has a mortgage. He still has kids to feed. He still has. Right. And then you don't realize how fast that money goes. And right now in this economy, the way the inflation is, this is not the time to be getting fired. No. Yeah. You know? And so I, that's where I feel for him. I think I, I know how hard it is. And I've said this before where fighters, if you're doing it for the money, great. I understand, but you got to be winning a fight here and there every once in a while. And you know, like, that's not the case right now. He's lost seven in a row. So where do you put him in this, in this situation? And uh, like I said, he's got a lot still to give to his kids, you know, and I think he's got a lot of knowledge to share to a lot of other people outside of that. So hopefully, hopefully uh, he doesn't fight much longer. Hopefully he gets put somewhere where he could uh, make a difference. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hearing about him. So in a positive way, yes, uh, what else you got for us, Dave? Um, we can wrap up on that one. I do have a video that you sent me, though. Do you want me to John. play it? Did we go a little long on that for you, Dave? That's <laughs> good. Um, John, I, this is uh, – I have a fat lip, you know. It's actually kind of gone down over the night since – this is me out in uh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And I'm going to show you how I got my fat lip. <laughs> uh, we have any volume on this thing? This no. is pretty well, fun. You're on a Yamaha. This thing's pretty fun. 
John, I got some speed, yeah. buddy, man. I can, I can cruise. Yeah, that first off, that is not speed. I'm getting there. It takes a know. it takes a second for it to speed. get going. It takes a second for it to get going, John. <laughs> no, I'm trying to hold the steering wheel with one hand and hold the camera. Yeah, I understand. I understand. This is great. So I'm coming around this bend. I'm coming oh, around this bend. <laughs> there, there I is. go. Oh. <laughs> so as I'm going down, then and I lose the camera, and I'm like, there goes my phone, and all of a sudden I'm like. Bink, bink, bink. Uh, there, there I go. There I go. That's me right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I've got to give you credit. Well done. Even held on to the camera. No, I lost the camera. It flew. Oh, did you it lose flew. it? Yeah, it flew. Okay. No, no, but it's pretty funny that it saw. Look at that. <laughs> and I got my glasses on and everything like that. Oh, I'm like, oh, it's so great. That's a very nice, colorful helmet you wear. Yeah, you know what? Everybody else had the helmets. Like Sean O'Connell, they all took the kids' helmets. Because they wanted the ones to come and protect their face. And I wanted yeah. one too. I'm like, Sean, that thing doesn't even fit you. It like the chin part of it, John, was on his lips. I was like, dude, give me that helmet. You wear this one. And none of them wanted that one. So I took that one. Yeah. It's all right. But um, it was funny. We had a lot, we had a lot of the girls with us, so we had to make sure they had better protection than us. But this is hilarious. I, I ate it pretty hard. But as I went off, this the handlebar hit me in the lip. So yeah. like I went, started to go this way and then the bike stuck and the handlebar shot back up and hit me in the lip because I was holding the phone. It headbutted you. It, it did. Headbutted it, you. it lip butted it's just, me. It's just part of, you know, the whole fucking story. It gave me the lip butt. It happened again. Yeah, it was a great time though. We had a good time out there. <laughs> I, I have never been sand uh, on a sand, sand dunes on a four-wheeler. I've been in a, oh, uh, in one of the car, in the buggies. I've been in one of those, yep. but I've never yep. been in one of these. I've done the, not sand. I guess it was sand. It was in Vegas. We went out buggying in vegas and uh, yeah there's not a whole lot of sand that's not sand if if you're gonna go to sand there's a place in california down at the very bottom called glamis now you can go up to pismo beach Mm -hmm. and you can go in the sand and stuff and that's great but you can go down to glamis and glamis has got huge dunes Mm. huge because we call them bowls because it's that bowl that you go up to the top and then come racing across Mm -hmm. and all the sands blasted i used to take my kids because we it's what we did we you know load up the trailer with all the quads and everything and uh, go to Glamis for a couple of days with the, the neighbors and stuff. And yeah, I bought Miss McCarthy, a, this automatic. Okay. It was a Kawasaki 700 automatic. Didn't have to shift the gears, or anything, just give it gas. You know, it was a sports quad. It was really cool. Finally take her out there, get her out on the dunes. go to this one dude and she keeps on, you know, you know, following and I'm going slow through the dunes and we're going right. And I don't know why, but she decided not to follow me on one. And she goes up to the top of one. And when, if you go down them, you know, there's that point where it, it basically ends like this, yes. right? Dude, <laughs> that's the only time in her life. Miss McCarthy has been knocked out because I, as I, <laughs> as I turn around, <laughs> as I turn around and I look, she looks like an arrow going down this goddamn thing the fucking quad sticks in the ground and she goes doink oh. right into it I, I get over to her and she's out she's <laughs> she is <laughs> that was the last time she rode that quad my daughter got a brand new quad. oh man <laughs> it's funny because we did they did the walkthrough on uh what they expected us to do like on how to start it how to start and i've already ridden quads before but i'd never ridden them in sand and they said, hey, and I was excited. I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to go up to the peaks and we're going to drive over the top. And, and he goes, no, no, no. Every no, no, peak no. that you see is like, be very careful coming over. There's there's something over on the side like, that, sometimes, you, that might not be there. He's, yeah, exactly what he said. He's like, there's no yeah. drop sometimes. It's just, he's like, it could be nothing. I'm like, really? Yep. He's like, yeah, it could just be like a wall. He's like, it just drops right off. And you will go yeah. nose first because they're front, oh, yes. they're front heavy. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. So there was a couple of times where I saw what was on the other side. I was like, okay, I'll jump it. But then you didn't realize how much of a drop it was. It seemed a little bit shorter than it was. And it wasn't, it was pretty big. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so uh, a little scare there, but it was fun. We had a great time, man. It was fun. The it, We spent probably about a good hour and a half out there on them. Yeah. And we went, we went far out too. It was way out there. And there was a group of like, let's see, five or six of us, six of us. But it was a good time. Uh, Vicky Gracie went, uh, Gloria went, um, uh, Amanda went, Sean O'Connell went, uh, oh, MJ went. We had, we had a good time, man. It was fun. 
Very good. Great time. Great time. Good to have fun in the sand. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, we got to the car, had to empty out my socks and my shoes. <laughs> you had to get all the sand out of your ears. Uh, it was bad. It was so bad. It was so nice to get back to the hotel and take a shower. Yeah. Oh, it's brutal. All right, guys. Well, I want to wrap this up and um, I want to thank you guys so much for supporting us and continue to support us. And uh, go to WayneAmmerch.com, pick up some of our shirts and apparel. It is 89 degrees today here in Dallas. Woo! 89 degrees. Say goodbye to winter. Oh, I I, oh, I heard there's usually one more cold spell that comes along. Yeah, I don't right. know if it's gonna be a freezing one or not, but they said there's no usually one more that comes like right around the end of February or early March. It's yeah. like a day or two of just like where it drops into like the single digits. I'm like, really? Interesting. So we'll find out. We will find out. Hold. Go to WayneAmers.com, pick up some of us short sleeves and our gear over there. I want to thank you guys so much for always supporting us. And John, take us away. For everyone out there, thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a fantastic week. Watch the UFC on Saturday, and we will see you.